A warning to phenylketonurics. This podcast contains phenylalanine. Caution is advised. To the rest of you, don't worry about that. This is Secret Ingredients with your hosts, Kausta Vedantam and Kate Eirich. I love sugar. Yeah, I mean, I, I like sugar too. It's Halloween. We're recording this on Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween this second, and I'm ready to just wolf down some Reese's Cups at this point, honestly. For me, for me, it's Twix, so I gotta be loyal, but still, sugar is pretty pretty great. Yeah. Probably not great for your health, though. No, and actually, since the 90s, people have been talking about how bad it is for your health, and uh, as it turns out, according to many different research projects, not only can sugar like contribute to diabetes and other metabolic issues like that, uh, it's actually like linked to obesity as well, which obesity itself is also linked to many metabolic disorders. Sugar is just so bad for you, and for a long time we didn't even know. We blamed it on, like, fat, but in reality, it's sugars that are causing a lot of these problems. Simple carbs, simple carbs. It's tough. If you talk to some people, they say we don't have any carbs. We should all just go keto. Well, maybe we could just replace the sugars, like artificial sweeteners. So, with all this talk about sugar... Your mother comes up to you with a cup of tea and asks you for a sweetener. What are you reaching for? Well, if it's a green tea, I would definitely be reaching for that honey. Of course, yeah, honey, yeah. Except for the fact that honey is not actually that much better than sugar, at least calorically. It's true. I would reach for the honey, mostly because it tastes good. But even though it tastes different, doesn't mean that molecularly it does anything different in your body. As it turns out, honey is about 60% fructose, which is, it's sugar. It's all still sugar. And the only benefits that people peddle, you know, towards the unsuspecting customer is that it is more nutritionist. And yes, it is more nutritionist. It has slightly higher iron content and it is per half cup about 50 calories less However, it's that's that's not much. It's not it's not enough to be a viable alternative. If we've established that natural sugars aren't actually different from real sugar and are actually just the same thing in sheep's wool, if you will, what should we be using to flavor our morning time beverages? Well, what a lot of people turn to actually is these artificial sweeteners, which I'm sure you've seen things all over the place. People buying bags of Splenda or Sweet and Low or Equal or when you get the, you know, the cool colored packets when you go to get a coffee. I love colors, honestly. It's just beautiful. Just in general, like the just, concept of yeah, colors. Yeah, no, colors are amazing, you know, especially it's, it's marketing. Very clever, very Yeah, clever. yeah. Uh, when you go to get your sugar, do you go for yellow packet, pink packet? Um, blue packet. Personally, I would go for Splenda, yellow packet. Yellow packet. Splenda is known as sucralose, and uh, even though it ends in that ose, like a lot of sugars, like glucose, lactose, galactose, and sucrose, sucralose isn't a sugar that we can actually process in our bodies. What I think is absolutely delightful about sucralose is that it was how it was discovered that. I would say it's a pretty good story. So back in 1976, there were researchers at the Queen Elizabeth College in London that were researching novel ways to use sucrose and the things you could derive from it. So they were working with sugar, but they were trying to find ways to use it that didn't have anything to do with dietary things. One of the scientists working on it was told to test a certain sugar compound that was chlorinated. Oh my god. He thought that he said, taste it, 
And so he did he taste didn't. it. Oh my god. And so he had to contact them again and went, This is really sweet. <laughs> like Humanity fails us once again. I can only imagine what the conversation must have been like. <laughs> I can't. And so Splenda has this wonderful past about it, but then what about some of the other stuff that people use? So one of the popular ones is Sweet and Low, which Sweet and Low is going to be the pink packet. Mm, okay. Uh, saccharin is actually one of the earliest ones of these synthetic compounds that was found by somebody. And this chemist was working on coal tar derivatives when... He didn't wash his hands, apparently, and he noticed a sweet taste one evening, and it turned out it was sweet. And then once he found out it was sweet, we started using it in our food products. So what you're telling me is that all these artificial sweeteners have been discovered by accident. Yeah, so sucralose, which is Splenda, saccharin, which is sweet and low in America, cyclamate, which is sweet and low in Canada and Europe, and it's actually illegal in America, but... That's a different story. Uh, and aspartame, which is like that that one's the last packet, the blue packet, like mm, equal. Yeah. They were all discovered like this. Literally every single one of the popular artificial sweeteners was found because somebody somewhere didn't wash their hands properly or made a stupid mistake. Ah, that makes me so, it makes me feel so safe, honestly. And it's great to think about, too, that sometimes... If you ever eat a chemical you're not supposed to in the lab, you're either going to die or discover an artificial sweetener, I yeah, guess. Yeah, start a whole new industry. So, as a chef, I'm taking all this time out of my day working with sugar, like almost eight hours of the day uh, when I'm working pastry. And I, was, I, like, I, I never took the time to understand truly why sugar is sweet. Well, I'm glad you asked. So, as it turns out, Sugar is sweet because, like any of the other basic flavors, you know, like sweet and salty, bitter, umami, sour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like all of those flavors, sweet is something that your uh, tongue actually tastes. And most other flavors don't come from your tongue, actually. Um, but sweet does. And so why an artificial sugar can still be sweet like a normal sugar is because the sweeteners still trigger that receptor in your mouth that normally would take in some sort of a sugar compound. It still makes the nerve speak to the brain and go, hey, yo, this thing in your mouth is sweet. But once it gets down into your digestive system and is interacting with your cells and is trying to be processed, it doesn't break down the same way sugar does, and it can't be used as fuel by the human body. Mm, okay, so what does happen to these rampant chemicals running through your body? So there's many rampant chemicals in your body. And so, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're bad because they're a chemical because everything's a chemical. You're made of chemicals. Without okay. chemicals, you wouldn't be able to live. The specific chemicals that we were d talking about that are not digestible by the human so body. So what happens when these rampant artificial sweeteners get into our body? Uh, no idea. Why don't you talk? <laughs> I, I'm not the scientist here, okay? The, this is your your purview. You want me to tell you how to make a three-tier cake? I will. Artificial sweeteners, your domain. I'm sorry. Excellent. So what happens is nothing. Um, and actually, in the case of sugar alcohols, they actively disrupt your system and will interact with your cells in your body because alcohols and cells don't tend to get along, which I'm sure that you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so sugars and sugar, sugar substitutes uh, that are artificial and especially sugar alcohols will just go straight through your system without being processed at all because there's nothing to do with them. They don't break down. And so they'll just travel, like, they'll shoot straight through. 
can cause some digestive difficulties. Ah, the poopsies. The, that's that's the <laughs> professional uh, chef culinary term for that condition, the poopsies. So go back to before the poopsies. Um, you're saying that artificial sweeteners, they though they do rip through your body, they actually have no calor- caloric value. Yeah, that's true. So your body actually can't process them into anything, and so they sit inert in your system instead of being processed into ATP and ADP that our cells can actually use. So, like, no caloric content at all. Yeah, no, no calories. That's that's ridiculous. Like the artificial sweetener glitch in the Matrix. This is insane. Cause cause the way that most chefs plan their menus. With, like, the advent of, like, fine dining and haute cuisine and, like, molecular gastronomy, you always see people complaining about these, like, teeny tiny plates, these delicately crafted structures, and you're not really sure what's going on. The reason for that is because with teeny plates, you can obviously have more. And also, every single thing on that plate is so rich and probably made with very little consideration to, like actual health so yeah that's why they're so small because it's so unhealthy for you that they make it that small so that you can experience more of it patissiers and people that specialize in dessert are kind of at a natural disadvantage here for many many years because us chefs that specialize in savory things in entrees and main dishes we get to put like four or five dishes out on a tasting menu chefs like will goldfarb amazing pastry chef they might feel a little bit more restricted because at the end of the day in most restaurants you only put one dish at the end that's a dessert and that one dish has to encompass his entire skill set and represent who he is and i didn't think that was fair i heard about his restaurant that he opened quite a while back room for dessert that served literally only desserts So that was pretty cool. Only problem was, again, they had to be tiny because otherwise they would just rip through his customers. He also had to include pandan, lemongrass, and galangal to sort of balance out the chemistry and black magic that was going on in his customers' stomachs so they didn't feel so terrible after. So if there was something... An artificial sweetener that did not just rip through your digestive system, but at the same time was also not high caloric. That would basically revolutionize the entire culinary standard for how chefs create a menu. Well, I actually found out that right here in New York City is a company that specializes in monk fruit syrups called Swoon. Swoon. How sweet. I went to their headquarters in Midtown to have a chat. I'm Jen. I'm Christina, and we are the co-founders of Soon. The reality is like two-thirds of adult Americans are pre-diabetic, and sugar is in everything. And so when you also look at beverages, there's so much added sugar, and I think people don't realize how much sugar they're actually consuming. So we wanted, though, to not make people feel bad when they're looking for other choices or kind of feeling like they're, you know, missing out on something. Soon is the first zero-sugar, all-natural, simple syrup. So it basically is a great replacement for everything where you want to add a sweetness to. So coffees, teas, lemonades, cocktails, 
And we came to this, I'm type 1 diabetic. And so sugar substitutes is very much part of my life. I was diagnosed when I was six years old. So, you know, I can still remember way back when being at birthday parties or just at home, you know, not being able to have the orange juice, the lemonade, the birthday cake. And so as I got older and obviously as I could then look for things myself, have been always focused on finding something that still has that delicious, great taste, but doesn't obviously raise my blood sugar. Yeah, so we're really on a mission to to take sugar down, but do so in a way that is really fun. Obviously, um, we all love sugary things, and it makes us feel great, and we want to preserve that feeling of um, excitement and joy and celebration that comes with sugar, but doing so without any of the negative health impacts. So we use monk fruit, so which is a fruit, and in monk fruit there are things called magracides, which are two to three hundred times sweeter than sugar. So it has that sweet taste in your mouth, but doesn't raise your blood sugar. Uh, yeah, and how do you source monk fruit, and like what kind of like how did you hear about it first? Yeah, so like I said, like we've literally been looking for like the best sugar, you know, alternatives, and for best for us, it's like what tastes great because if it's not going to taste good, like you're just not going to want to have it again. It's really not worth it. And then obviously, what's natural, what doesn't raise your blood sugar, and for us, we really don't want to have something that had um sugar. sugar alcohols in it either and so for us when we came across monk fruit it was like this amazing moment it's like oh my god this like actually tastes like sugar but again doesn't have any of the negative implications and it is a fruit i guess to like right. go down into the basics it yes. kind of looks like a melon it's a gourd it's native to the guanji province um in southeast asia and china it has this really sort of ancient history of being used in tonics and having medicinal purposes it has a lot of antioxidant qualities and things like that it also happens to be sweet. And so I think those are other elements that we really liked about it was that it wasn't a brand new lab developed thing, but really is something that has been used for a long time, even if it was used in more medicinal tonics in the way that we're applying it, which is in a a simple syrup context. So what I was wanting to ask about is how you have this simple syrup the products that you list that you use it for are for like drinks and such as a syrup uh, do you think there's other uses for it or how do you think yeah, this our, can be used our customers have taught us so much already so we launched at the very end of july so kind of end of summer and already we've learned so much of use cases so our customers are using it in their hot cereals in their morning as well as pouring it over their cold cereals in the morning people have been using it to make awesome banana breads chocolate mousses frozen yogurt. So it really has pretty broad applications. However, you're right to point out that it's a syrup because that's really where we wanted to start. We started in the drinks category and when it comes to drinks, when you're mixing a liquid with a liquid, you're going to get a much better blended solution and you're going to get something that tastes the same from beginning to end. All of us have had an iced coffee and then had that sort of yucky Splenda or sugar crunch at the bottom because it doesn't incorporate in the same way that using a liquid does. Yes, we definitely want your listeners to try it. So if you check out our our website, you'll see all sorts of spots that we are. Um, And if you go somewhere and you don't see it, please do us a huge favor and ask for it. And if you try some fun recipes, please share them with us and we will share them with all of our other swooners. I love your guys' energy. I love the product and Talking to you guys has been a delight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been Secret Ingredients, a WNYU production. We would like to give a special thanks to Christina and Jennifer from Swoon for coming onto the show. 
And I would like to give a special thanks to Costa for joining me as my permanent co-host. Aw, you're so cute. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, fantastic. Well, hopefully, we'll see you next time when we add another ingredient to the list.